Twas the night before Galloway, with thousands about, spectators enthused and some fond of stout. While up on the start ramp, they started to see the most high-tech machinery with John Kenny MC. For it's been several months now without tarmac action, and those rear-wheel drive monsters should struggle for traction. With an entry like this, you're likely to drool, and in years gone by, it's like driving through pools. But nothing compares to the crack on the ditches, where you'll meet lots of characters who'll have you in stitches. And just like that, the first crews emerge, with the smell of race fuel being far from a scourge. Your heart rate creeps up as things start to excite, with a massive finale, the most likely sight. It's Josh Heavy favourite, you'd fancy his chance, but those on his taillights are on the seat of their pants. And one thing's for certain, when you leave Loch Ray, you'll head on home thinking, wow, what a day. This is the 2023 Coralville Galway International Rally, and this is the Irish Rally Podcast. Yes, hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to the Irish Rally Podcast. We are back, baby, for a new season. A couple of bonus episodes went your direction. Last week, we kicked things off in anger with a visit to Galway over the weekend, and we're here this evening to review it, all in association with Tekken Tools. Tekken Tools on board with us for the next number of months, and SVS Productions. I want to give a shout-out to Flying Finn Motorsport, Mad for Tar Motorsport, DH. Uh, D Harrigan Images as well, and to everybody who sent us in clips over the weekend. Really, really appreciated that indeed. We have a stellar cast coming up over the next hour or so. Very shortly, we'll be talking to Mark Alcorn, modified winner. Marion Evans will be uh, speaking to us after that. We had a chat with Marion a little bit earlier on. We're going to chat with Carl Egan. We're going to hear from Simon Reid. We had a chat with him earlier as well. Uh, Ruth Ann O'Connor will join us, top female home at the weekend. Uh, Anthony Nestor may or may not be joining us, depending on how things pan out for him. So we have a lot to get through over the next hour. We are live on YouTube and we are live on Facebook as well. Get your comments in. We'll try to get to them over the duration of the programme. We're actually going to begin on a different note tonight. So the class winners is something that we generally always go to, but we're actually going to give them at the very start of the program uh kevin just a little bit tied up with a the meeting there this evening so we start with class 10 sam leach and barry attridge barry joined us last week very very interesting chat there you can check it out on our socials uh barry uh, at 32 or 33 years of age got involved only last year and uh he's having a blast uh class 11f that went to david quigley a uh, second there david healy aaron brown third 11R, Carl Martley and Shane Morgan entertaining, or Shane Gormish, is say, entertaining in their Toyota Corolla twin cam across the weekend. Michael Cal and Connor Lappin second, Daniel Dunn and David Dunn third. Class 12, Mickey Conlon and Don Lennon. Class 13, Brian Lavelle. Uh, Brian Lavelle, we caught him rotten on the live stream, uh, nudging a wall on location two on the Black Road, I think, last time around. But he made it home to take Class 13 honours. John Warren and Ruthann O'Connor, second. As you mentioned, Ruthann will be on a little bit later on. Oliver Bent and Kyle Diffin, third. Uh, class 14, overall, of course, Mark Alcorn and John O'Donnell. Jason Black and Carl Egan, second. And uh, Connor Murphy and Sean Collins, third. That means class winner Eddie Doherty and Tom Murphy, uh, second. Uh, Brian Brogan and Michael O'Donnell, and third. 
Trevor Willis and Paul Mulholland. We did just make sure with uh, a member of the organising committee that that was the, the case again this year, just with uh, overalls uh, one, two and three, and then class winners then outside of the uh, overalls. So uh, class 15, Austin Snow and John Henderson. Class 20 going to Pat Kelly and Jonathan Kelly. And if you haven't seen the clip on onthebase.com, go check it out. Absolute comedy goal with the two boys. And I don't know, did they get the trophy last night? <laughs> but uh, uh, top local crew. Anyway, very, very entertaining piece indeed. Class 22, that went to Keen Hines with Oshin Hines. Class 24, Gary Jennings and Arthur Kearns. Uh, Garrett McHale and Brian Murphy second. Simon Reid and John Murphy third and then of course uh overall Brian Evans taking the win with Jonathan Jackson Josh Moffat and Andy Hayes second and Sam Moffat and Keith Moriarty third uh that means the RC2 class goes to Jonathan Greer uh with Niall Burns second there Patrick O'Brien very impressive Patrick O'Brien and uh in third then uh sorry second I should say Callum Devine and third Patrick O'Brien Patrick O'Brien was fast on the last stage amazing stuff uh RC4 Kiss J. Coleman, who's off to Sweden, I believe, this week. And while we're on that topic, we want to wish all our competitors in Sweden the very best of luck indeed. Shane Quinn, Patrick Wright, second. Joe Kelly and Ronan Comerford, third. Historics then, uh, Class 17, Irla Carty. Uh, class 18, Marion Evans and uh, Dale Furness. Uh, if your name is Marion Evans, there's a good chance you're going to be successful over the weekend. Uh, Duncan Williams, the second there. And then in terms of the one, two, three, Wayne Evans, Philip Rogers and Alan Watkins. Class 19, overall Ray Breen. Then you got Rob Smith, uh, Ross Ford, and Will Onions taking up the one, two, three. And then junior honours, uh, overall Jack McKenna and Damien Doherty, uh, Jason Gorham, Aaron Kinnear, and Robbie O'Hanlon, Oshin Joyce. Also making a home, Seamus Brown and Damien Sheridan. Okay, so we're going to bring in our first guest of the evening, Mr. Mark Alcorn. How are you doing, sir? How's it going there, Kevin? Nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you, man. Well, I'll be very straight and blunt, as we always are here on the Irish Rally Podcast. You weren't at the top of many people's list before the weekend. You must have been quietly confident because you were very impressive. No, I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't think anybody had been worrying about us in our times now. But uh, no, we had a we had a wee inkling that we might have been we might have been near near the top. All right, now. Hmm. What gave you that inkling then? Because, like, I'm looking down at your record and you haven't been the busiest over the past couple of years, like. No, not done, definitely not, no. We kind of took a we kind of took a break from it after 2009 and, and uh, I'm sure everybody had money issues then and mm-hmm. the downturn didn't help and uh, that's probably before when we started to build a new car then it was, I didn't get much of a, I didn't get much of a bug for it till, till we started into the new car. Mm-hmm. So, the weekend itself, right? I uh, I never saw a man to have as many misdemeanors and still be so dominant in in taking in taking a victory. Like uh, it wasn't well, it wasn't about his moments now, Mark, was it? No, I I tell you, it's just all the more sweeter, you know, when you can uh, stick yourself in a pile of bales and go straight on through fields a couple of times. And <laughs> we always had it. We always had an issue nearly in every stage on Saturday, but. Uh, that wasn't going to happen on Sunday. Like we knew, we we were we but we but uh, panicky on Saturday. We were maybe trying we but too hard in places and then lost in all our time that we gained. And no, it was it was a dramatic day. I'll tell you, there was mm-hmm. a lot of stone walls looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> and keeping eye contact as you, but uh, but thankfully you didn't you didn't meet. Uh, like 
the performance though, even though you say you're quietly confident, like what what do you kind of put that down to? Um are you nice and uh, relaxed before the weekend or you know, where where's this come from? Yeah, well I, I'll tell you it's all to do with on your head too. You know, if you have the head well screwed on and uh you keep uh, everything in check and and you have a good team around you, it does a wild bit of help. Uh, and when when you have people preparing the car that's that you know that there's gonna be no issues there, you don't have to worry about things like that. And then you know when you do good recce's and you have a good navigator, and it's it's that that that's that that all clicks. Then, like it definitely does. Like you, it's it's about the people behind you and the people beside you. It's it's not about the driver a lot of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I suppose when you're a counselor, you'll be used to hardship. So probably probably helps when he's sitting in beside you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he does the arguing, and I just sit back because he can he could argue any point at all. Eh? <laughs> yeah. So I noticed on one of your interviews with I don't know was Killian or Andy on on the pace. Now you mentioned the Black Road the second. Well, obviously it was the first time through, but it would have been the second time through had the first run. And you said it was one of the trickiest stages you've ever actually driven. Um, how bad actually was it? Like I am telling you, it was it was something else. Like people was laughing at me when I was saying, you know, you had everything in that stage. Like you you had dry conditions in it. In some places, you had muck pulled out everywhere. There was glare all over the road. And then, do you know, there was places where you're coming down in fifth gear and uh, singing at 130 miles an hour. And the next thing you just seen patches of ice everywhere. Like it was just, you didn't know what to expect. Like sometimes you didn't know whether the car was going to was going to make it or. Yeah, could have could have shot off the road at any time, but no. I, I, like I, I was talking to Jason Black about it, and he, like I know Jason knows that stage well, and, and uh, like he was saying it's a great stage, and I was going, no, it's not a great stage. I, I didn't like it at all, but I and I know now why he says it's a great sh- stage because uh, if that if that had even been a wet day and and, and the tire was clean, it, it would have an or. Or either, or a, a dry day with a real good, good tarmac on it, it will be unbelievable because there's three rights on there and there's four rights. It's absolutely flat out in fifth gear nearly. If you had the line, mm. uh, you know it's so scary to, to come up to some of them corners. But uh, that's the kind of corner you like when you don't know if you're really going to go around it or not. Yeah, I mean even lo- location two that we were on, uh, you know, big long stretch into that, and there's a deceptive little bump just before. That ninety left that uh, I think Brian Lavelle succumbed to, along with a, a few others like and you really want to be on your guard. You're carrying a lot going in there and trooping on your tires probably aren't at optimum temperature at that point, are they? No, well I tell you, my, that the guys at the end, Cooper there, the, the the boys from England was at the end of the stage for me, and they says I can't believe how much temperature you actually got onto the tire because nobody else could get that temperature. Um, that was the problem. Halfway through it, you were just more or less driving on ice. It was like ice, like because uh, the t- there was absolutely nowhere you could get the tire up to a, up to a working temperature. So it was a lot of driving on it. The first half, mm-hmm. but the second half kind of more or less come into its own. Like when you got a wee bit of heat and wherever you could get dry roads, you you stuck it to it. Yeah, and even say stage eleven at that time, obviously as the day goes on, things thaw a little bit, but. Again, I don't know what it was. The fascination was of location too. We ended up there when <laughs> when the Black Road got cancelled. But like that was that was tricky too, that location. And even the the long late tightening right after that caught out a few people. I don't yeah. know what you had that down at in, in your notes, but that, that was quite deceptive. And and the weather on top of it, man, like Jesus, it was yeah. saucy enough, I'd imagine. 
I I don't even know what we had down in that note. I would need to look through the book, but we more, we normally pull out like Killian's notes very very good for me. Like the, the um, but I wipe out a lot of stuff that Killian puts on for me because that's the way I drive. Like I, I I just wipe it out. But I like everything else he puts on. He puts on that little you know descriptive stuff like the trees and stuff. So, but uh, we we normally just change every note on it, every note in the book, like. It's, it's 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 the same as writing your own notes, but it's not. You know, you're just like Killian's probably near not he's absolutely correct on his notes. Mm-hmm. But uh when I'm driving it, I just don't want to hear that four or five. I wanna hear a three or a two. Like I yeah. don't wanna be I don't wanna come off the throttle at all. Yeah. So you're literally rewriting the book. <laughs> I'm rewriting the book guy on Killian now for Killian. Yeah. Um so what is the plan then for for this year? Obviously, you go and win this, and the assumption will be that your eyes are on the whole season on tarmac. But we had a little wee chat off air. That may not be the case. Tell us what your current situation is. It's uh, it's fairly straightforward. Eh? Then the we had the plan to do Galway, uh, and then run straight uh, just a Galway for a t- tester now for a two day tester. It's like a test in the car, and then go straight into the national championship and try and put a bit of pressure on a lot of them lads. And maybe then, maybe, like with John doing the Cork 20 and different other events on his R5 car, he he's actually took on the job of sitting on for the national, but he's jumping onto the R5 car for himself to drive it. So I I, I probably jump over to the to the tarmac if, if the car's still in one piece and there's four wheels on her. Um, and uh, listen, later on after the national championship, there's a few rounds then. So if there's nobody really pushing there for, for points, I might just jump over. You never know if the car is available to take out. Hmm. Well, look, all I can say is fingers crossed we, we see you pursuing this, man. Because, <laughs> you know, after putting a good platform in place there, it'd be, it'd be a shame to not see you burst on with it. But I know the, the trials and tribulations of, of that becoming a thing as well. So... Oh, uh, big time, man. There's, like, there, there's people, that, there's young lads there texting me from down in Galway and Cork and, and Kerry and, uh, and them guys, uh, they were just sending messages and it was very, it was, they were actually nice to read because they were saying, we're so glad, like, because we've been following you since the Tuncam days. And he says, now they, we've seen you lighting up the road there. It was just, it was like reenacting back 10 years ago, you mm. know. Uh, it is pretty special just to finish up, Mark. I mean, out of all the times you've had in the sport, it's got to be up there, yeah. Oh, definitely. Hey, we won a few rally. We won a rally before me and Kiki, and we we probably led a few. Uh, we should have probably won maybe six or seven rallies, but <laughs> everything broke down with us. Just everything wanted to break down. I thought I thought I'd I, I'd never get a bit of luck on now, but just please God, hey, the, the luck's coming back on our side. That's it. A long made last. Mark, pleasure to have you on. We'll chat again. And well done, all right. Thanks very much, Kevin, for the call. No problem. Thanks a million. Mark Alcorn there. Next up, we're going to hear from uh, Marion Evans. Now, Marion uh, wasn't available to come live, but we did have a chat with him a little bit earlier, and this is how it went. Thanks for joining us. Very good, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Ah, sure. Look, it's great to have you on. Nice Nice to catch up. It's been a while. I think possibly... After the Ulster was when we were last talking, which is not a bad place to, uh, <laughs> to kind of pick this up. But um, I'll, I'll cut straight to the mustard. We don't we don't do sugar coating or anything uh, nope. on the Irish Early Podcast, as you well know. But 
there would have been a few demons, I suppose, that time, or whatever you want to call them, that would have said, yeah, Marion Evans won, but Josh was driving a calculated drive. So on that note, Marion, how pleasing was the weekend for you? Because obviously you would have heard those rumblings as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, Keith that sits with Josh has uh, as well me up a fair bit about that. So to be fair to him, <laughs> the, the first thing... Uh, Keith said to me at the, the stop line the last day, he said, I can't say anything to you now, lad. He said, well done. So, um, yeah, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, for me, an international win is an international win. It doesn't really, it never bothered me too much. But, yeah, it's nice, you know, because people would have said that. People would have said that, you know, Josh only had to drive for a championship. And to be fair, that's what he did on the Ulster. But still, you know, we'll win the rally. Nobody will really remember the circumstances in years to come, but to, to go to Galway then with, I think, absolutely everyone there, pretty much, probably apart from Ali, um, and go, and win that, then uh, it was nice to just silence those, as you said. Yeah. Marion, I think consistency is something that we've always associated you with here on the Irish Rally podcast. And I think your results last year, largely, I know you had the tie that you didn't want, number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were consistently number two and not consistently in the ditch or not consistently any further than I was like top yeah. three most of the time. And given how tricky Galloway is and the conditions over the weekend, I feel that level of consistency obviously stood to you as it transpired. But my question will be, how do you develop that level of consistency? Is it just the confidence in your approach? Um Because you're still doing a wicked pace, but you, you seem to have found that sweet spot between on the edge and not going over it yeah it's, it's it's tricky i mean you know i said the main thing is probably just not making mistakes you know keeping yourself sort of always moving forward is what i try to think of you know that you know you, when you're in the ditch watching other boys go by you're gaining absolutely nothing so you know i probably at times maybe it's it's potentially cost me a result here or there maybe whereas you look at galway last year where we maybe could have really stuck our neck out and gone and either tried to win the rally or, or put it all on the line and gone off but I think sometimes you have to accept when you're beaten and, and take those days as learning days. You know, we had pretty poor rallies last year in, in Kilani and on the circuit, but Kilani, we, we learned a hell of a lot in Kilani, you know, even though we weren't kind of on the ultimate pace. So I think it's just some patience and uh, you have to be patient, don't you? So, um, yeah, you know, some days you'll, you'll find you have the speed and, and you, can, you can use everything together then to put together a, a really good rally and, and get the result that you need. Absolutely, man. And just in relation to, I suppose, you know, it's a point It's a point that struck me at, at the weekend. So you look at stage one and you see Sam Offit, brand new machinery, um, not quite sure about the exact amount of seat time that he got. Truthfully, you never kind of know. You're told, no, you're told things, you. <laughs> but, but, but who knows, right? But the point that I would make is uh, Sam probably wouldn't have had massive expectations of himself and he seemed quite relaxed uh, beforehand and then quite surprised when he went to Killian and he's fastest so there is an awful lot to be said for having that kind of mantra as well because when you see guys taking it a little bit too seriously then yeah. I mean the good goes over but you like Sam seem to really be enjoying the whole thing the last couple of years that that's just the main thing to be honest if, if you're not enjoying it you haven't got a chance because you don't focus the same you don't think about it the same you don't put enough effort in and and if you're not enjoying what you're doing you might as well be doing something else as well i think you know um to be fair to sam the the, the way he came in and got straight back on the pace was really impressive because you know we've seen guys struggle in the past you know coming back having had a year or two out but to be fair to him he did very well but i think sam sam is a very wise guy i mean we run him on goalie in 
2020 with the old Hyundai and um, very calculated guy. Um, you know, you could tell he was pretty smart on Sunday. Once me and Josh got a bit into the distance, he didn't bother trying to chase, you know, he knows that a, a third could stand him quite well in the championship going forward, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's important that you enjoy it. And it's important that, um, that, you know, you, you use that to, to good effect really then, you know, and, and you can put it into your driving and, and just keep building momentum and keep moving forward. And I think probably in Sam's case as well, he's probably had a year out last year, whereas beforehand he thought, oh, I don't really want the stress of all this R5 stuff because, you know, I think everybody seems to take it pretty seriously now with watching DVDs and everything like that. But, you know, I think Sam pretty quickly missed it and now he's back. He's enjoying it even more. So it, it, it's good to have him back. It's a, it's kind of another guy to worry about. And after the first stage, you know, because to be fair, I don't think many people expected Sam to be on the pace straight away. Uh, but he was, and uh, it's it's added another dimension to the championship. Um, Seamus Conahan's little tread there last week on CRS picks. Um, in fairness, he he was looking for predictions from everyone, right? And Sam wasn't in a lot of people's top fives. Um, no, you know to, I mean? to be honest, I, I purposely didn't look at that at all <laughs> because I see, you know, I tried to distance myself from as much of that stuff as I could before the rally because I think it can yeah. affect how you think. So. Um, Does someone look after the socials, Marion? Obviously, yeah, Jordan. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was funny. One of the, my one of my service boys, I got into service. Said, "How have you got time to do all that when you're out there?" I said, "It's not me doing it, Dory." Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I tell you, in between in between the stages, like not to be not to be setting the obvious. I I kind of knew that part, but even just say in the lead up, when when does your person take over? Um, uh, on on the Friday for me. So okay, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty okay up until Friday. Then usually we either test and we obviously do the recce and we have to sign on the start and we'll go over the video again, you know, and stuff like that. So I found it was a big help, um, mm. you know, that that I could just I could focus entirely on what I do because up until now I've always done everything myself. And mm. to be honest, as I've got older, the interest has got less to do it, you know. <laughs> and you've yeah. got to do it, especially we, we're lucky to have a good sponsor in Castro and. Guys like Michelin and Scan Station as well, they all they all have their input. So to be fair, we've got to give them something back. And to be yeah. fair as well, when you when you're near the front, you have to kind of shout about it or nobody'll take any notice of you. So hmm. it's mad. Just as you mentioned, I have visions of people at home thinking, <laughs> Oh, there's Marion punching in the socials on the Instagram straight <laughs> after the stage. And uh, yeah. to be honest with you, yeah, not something we'd be endorsing. Three penalty points, eight euro fine. <laughs> exactly, straight away. <laughs> Carly, that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, man, bringing it back to the consistent thing, right? I was doing some homework there, and like obviously, it's a bit of a blow when you're when you're chasing the situation. With Black Row goes first thing on a Sunday morning, but then you come out and think you're five and a half quicker on stage eleven. I want the correction on that, but I think you're in around five and a half quicker. Yeah, and that was treacherous. We were on location two there, and it was very very tricky indeed. So to go five and a half quicker, that really must have given you the impetus to uh, to push on for the day and he got four out of five fastest times and on the other one on the Sunday you were second quickest like that's remarkable stuff yeah I mean the, the first one was a bit of a, a shock because obviously we did the the first three K bit last year in the wet and the grip in the wet was just so so much better than what we had on Sunday morning you know and um, yeah so we, we went at it and I didn't really plan to go mad on that stage but we, we just had a good run in it you know and a lot of chicanes towards the end, a lot of straights, so we just tried to be as good as we could be with the braking and everything and, and pick our way through the, obviously like where you were in location two was, was very dirty and slippy, so you just had to find your way through that as quickly as you could. And I think the key for us was once we got 
five on him on that first one in the morning. I said to JJ, actually, if, if that would have gone the other way, I think Josh would have probably won the rally because he would have felt much less pressure going into the black road knowing what we did there last year. And he could have just got through maybe a bit safer without, without mistakes and he could afford to lose 10 seconds to us. But mm-hmm. the way it was, we were only 14 seconds behind. So if we did take, say, eight or nine off Josh, it would have put a lot of pressure on him for the rest of the day. So, you know, as it turned out, he made a mistake and then it let us in. But, yeah, I think for, <laughs> you look at consistency and it's, I mean, you look at the best drivers, Ogier and them, they're always there, thereabouts. And I think if, if you can stay kind of in that picture all the time and just try and get, you know, as close as you can to the pace, if you're not setting fastest time to be, you know, close and, and, and not have any bad stages really is the key, which is what annoyed me on Saturday. We had kind of the last loop with three not great stages at all. And I'm trying to really get rid of them. And because I think if, if you just minimize your bad stages, then you're obviously going to be nearer, nearer the front. So I was a bit disappointed with that. But yeah, on the whole, the consistency wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, on 10 of the 15 stages, you're inside the top three. So that's another... Yeah you know, big thing to note there. And I think in general, was it after six stages, there might have been six seconds separating yeah, the top five? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Because like we yeah. went from, I think we were fourth going into stage six, we were leading out of stage six, and then we were fourth coming out of stage seven. <laughs> and we were never more than four seconds off the lead. So that, that was quite impressive. But it's yeah. frustrating as well, because, you know, you have one sort of average stage. We didn't have a bad stage. It just wasn't great. And we dropped three positions. So, you have to be on your toes. But the other thing I was saying to someone else is if you make a small mistake, like if you say there's six seconds between the five of us, but then the next group of boys are only maybe another 10 behind. So if you spin, you drop into that group and and they're hungry then and they might get a sniff and and you might not get out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, A couple of other standouts as well. Um, Patrick O'Brien punching in some pretty impressive times, especially on the Sunday. I think he he the quickest by... Jesus, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I think he was a couple of seconds quicker on... More than uh, half, I think, which, you know, people yeah. call me the king of the black roads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I've always... Patrick's a very good driver. Um, mm-hmm. I raced against him a lot on COVID, you know, and um, on the simulator and stuff, and he's really good. Um, to be fair, over the black road, it was bone dry, and, and the Michelin tyre we were using was a super soft. And I think the Michelin, the harder Michelin tyre would have been better for that stage, but obviously for the, for the last stage, the, the harder Michelin would have been a bit dangerous. So over the loop we were on the right tyre, you know, but I think for the black road, maybe it wasn't as good, but, you know, to be fair to Patrick, still, he he, he put a hell of a time in. Because, you know, Sam said he he didn't, Sam was, you know, pushing still, and, and he was still, Patrick, still five seconds faster, so. Mm-hmm. It was an impressive run, to be fair. And I think he, yeah. he kind of found his feet towards the end of the weekend. Mm. The other thing about you guys up at the, the sharp end, that, I mean, it's, it's obviously notable and it's an obvious comment to make, but not many people I don't think have made it over the last couple of years. The sign, the sign of you guys is how quickly you can recover and minimize the amount of time lost. If you do happen to make a mistake. And I think Josh is the prime example of that. Josh is the best at it. (laughs) What's that? Josh is the best at it. I think it's unreal. Like what, what was the margin between you two in the end again? Um, I think it was 12.7. Yeah. And like you consider, he had a few misdemeanors, like being being he honest. Did, yeah. He had one on that location. That location too was uh, the second time around. What would that make it? Stage thirteen, I suppose. At yeah, that point. yeah. Um, and again, minimal time. St- um, throttle sticking the day before. Minimal yeah, time. Is scary. Him, yeah. 
scary, scary situation as well. Like, uh, I think that's what distinguishes ye in in general, maybe from from others. Like, even go back to Mark Alcorn, who we had on a little bit earlier. Like, he he had a few little trips as well, <laughs> and, yeah. and he really, really impressed in in finishing tenth and and taking the modified win. So. I mean, for any younger people that are involved in the sport, maybe a junior looking in this evening or something like that, that that's probably one thing I think that needs to be pointed out, isn't it, in terms of how to how to really recover from that, block it out, and think about the next fucking note, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you've got to you've got to. Somebody said to me before that you have to think of rallying almost like golf. If you have a bad hole, you have to move on to the next one. You don't think about the one you've just had. You know, very similar kind of mentality. But um. I try not to make the mistake in the first place, but obviously it does happen now and again. But uh, you have once you've made it, you know. I think that the misconception is that you have to go chasing and make the time back, but you will never make the time back because it's gone. You know that's yeah. You know the ten seconds you've spent in a layby spinning around will never come back because you it's gone. So you, you just have to basically get back into the rhythm you're in before and just and just keep going at that. You know because if you go and try to make a difference straight after making a small mistake or something, then you know, it's, it's it's it could cause you problems. Like to be fair, the last stage we had a pop off issue on the, just on the start line of the last stage. It just popped off and we lost some boost for a second or two. But that doesn't mean I go into the first corner five mile an hour harder just to try and make it back because yeah, that's silly. You know, so it's just things like that. You have to just put manners on yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had visions of you being knee deep in a barrel of stout or a barrel of lager. Uh, on uh, on Sunday night and maybe maybe Monday as well, but then you reliably inform me that you're on a boat, literally Monday morning at whatever eight or nine o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the thing people forget: the show goes on like it does. I mean, we all work. I was back in work yesterday afternoon. Admittedly, I didn't do much work, but um, <laughs> yeah, just like today. <laughs> but, people have said that before, Marion, but I didn't want to say it. You know, <laughs> no, no, I know. Um, to be honest, we got back and. Uh, I was I was pretty tired actually. I didn't sleep too well all weekend, and we um yeah, I just uh, tired and I I obviously as you do in a rally, you don't eat properly, so I was hungry, and I think two to two and a half pints in, I was probably feeling the effects of what I normally would after five. So it was yeah. just enough. We went had a had a few hours sleep, only about four or five hours, and we were on the boat again. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the adrenaline has left your body. You're dehydrated. Yeah. Um, all that. I mean, all that is emotion as well. So that does drain your energy. So you probably are fit for knocking on the, on the bed at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's just pretty knackering, to be honest, because the, the wrecking, even the wrecking days are tiring because obviously you, you, you're concentrating all the time and you're sitting in a car for eight hours a day. So, you know, over the four or five days, there's quite a lot going on. So, um, yeah, it takes a bit to recover. And, you know, for me, someone who doesn't drink that much anyway, um, I wouldn't be long making a mess of myself. <laughs> and you know what if you're in the company of some of those buckos that are up around the sharp end on the beer according to reports uh you don't want to you don't want to be there and leave yourself too open because <laughs> <No. laughs> they don't know yeah so yeah that's the joys of man listen uh i know you've been flat out with your media duties as you said yourself uh you don't really mind you, you'll embrace this every time but this is what it means to you uh congratulations again i'm absolutely thrilled for you I know the work you've put in, and uh, thanks for having a chat with us here on the Charlie Podcast. All right. Thank you, Kev. There you go, Marion Evans, who we spoke to a little bit earlier on the Irish Charlie Podcast. Uh, comments coming true. Uh, Cam6511 on YouTube says, Martley in the Twin Cam was drive over the weekend. With a name like Cam, 
I'd expect nothing only praise for someone driving at Twin Cam. Uh, Han, greetings from West Cork. We're on the West Cork rally. He says, Mark was in safe hands with Councillor O'Donnell and Marion is definitely a favour for West Cork with his family pedigree. Very, very wise chap and uh, definitely a chip off the old block. Niall Burns in touch as well. Uh, well done to Niall alongside Johnny Greer at the weekend uh, saying the Sligo single stage in 05. I think that's in reference to Mark Alcorn's uh, victory, which he spoke about a little bit earlier on the podcast. Uh, Trevor News in touch. Good stuff, Kev. And we give a shout out to Trevor. Trevor has been over and back to the Ukraine over the past number of months, uh, bringing over uh, supplies, vehicles, etc., etc. There is a donation link over on Trevor's page as well. If you want to check that out, if you have a spare few bob, uh, fired over that direction. Great cause and great work as well. So we move on now to our next segment, and we're going to have a chat with uh, Ruthann O'Connor, the uh, top female home at the weekend. Ruthann, how's things? Good evening. How are you, Kevin? Astra, not too bad. Thanks thanks for coming on with us. Uh, I didn't give you much notice. Um, I had trouble tracking you down, and then I thought, Facebook Messenger, sir, the modern world we live in. So <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so thanks. Thanks, William, for, for coming on a late notice. Uh, your weekend, so top female home, 19th overall and second in class you got to be pleased surely oh absolutely look at it was absolutely treacherous out there so yeah it, to get home at all was fantastic such yeah. i mean the black road the slippiness mark alcorn mentioned it there earlier that the you just didn't know what you were coming into in the next corner so yeah absolutely fantastic you can hear my voice is not so good <laughs> i'm quite hoarse after it Trying to keep John uh, under control, but uh, You're apart to from that, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. quite a while at that, but managed to keep yeah. him reined in. Anyway, we were quite happy. We had no spins, no overshoots. It was a pretty tidy run. I yeah, so, and, yeah, happy with that. And you did look like you were enjoying yourselves. I mean, you mentioned tidy, but uh, yeah, tail happy at times as well. Oh, John is always tail happy. <laughs> There's no, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, keeping them away from that, but even as much, keep them away from the handbrake as much as possible. So I suppose yeah. I'm looking at that as losing time, but yeah, we, no, we enjoyed it. We had a fantastic weekend of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, your relationship has been in place for quite some time now, the best part of a decade, probably probably beyond that. Um, where did this thing come about and how have you lasted so long? Because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of competitors don't get past a year and to, to go over a decade, I think it's uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so John and I worked together originally, and that's where we would have met first. And he was he was always interested in purchasing a rally car. And we're both working in McHale, who was our main sponsor. So we're in the, the design and in the R&D, the research and development. So uh, he was years talking about purchasing a car, and he'd had an uncle that had done rallying in the past and that kind of thing. And me, on the other hand, I had no motorsport background at all. And I, I've been to rallies, spectating and that as a kid and whatnot, but I didn't really have a, a huge connection to it. But we went to a couple of autocrosses in Mayo and John was looking at cars and whatever. And then we went to the Midlands rally in, I think it was maybe 2010 or 2011. And Bobby Cooper was there with the twin cam and we went up admiring it in service and Bobby mentions to John, oh, if you're interested, well, it's actually for sale. And I said, you know what, just buy the thing. And at the time, John was humming and hawing. And in the end, anyway, he did buy it, but he was kind of planning 
on getting some of his friends to navigate or his brother and there was various names mentioned but John had spent years at stock car racing and he was known for wrecking cars I suppose would be the best way <laughs> to put it so nobody was really willing to sit with them so we decided to go straight ahead we did a sprint and down Tipperary and I said oh I'll sit with you just for the sake of it to, until you get a navigator and I actually really really enjoyed it I enjoyed the adrenaline and I was able just to keep very calm and cool and yeah, it just, I suppose it just kind of, it worked, it fitted really naturally. And we were also, we were going out, we're actually married. I'm not sure if you're aware of that part, but. Didn't want to bring um, personal things into it. Yeah. Such, but, uh, things <laughs> yeah, do yeah. went there, that's fine. <laughs> that was later on, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so we went ahead then and we put an entry in for Cavan Rally and just really hadn't a clue what we were doing. And we said we'd go for one far away where we didn't really know anybody and just feel our way through it. And we were class 11, like at the time, and it went really well. And we kind of got the bug then after that. But I suppose back in the years before we had much power, it was all about entertaining and being sideways and flying fin coverage and that kind of thing. And we got quite a few entertainer awards and really enjoyed that that aspect of it. It's just, you know, getting the, I suppose, the, the young lads on the ditches smiling. That's what kind of brought us joy but then we along the way we upgraded to the two liter and then you get competitive that's mm -hmm. that's when you start wanting to achieve more and you're kind of looking at the overall positions and yeah that kind of that changes the whole thing it's enjoyable absolutely too but in a slightly different way mm -hmm. and you do you know you have had a reasonable degree of success over the years you know um i know you mentioned entertainer awards but class wins and stuff have happened as well so um it's been good fun and something to show for it as well, of course. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, the the women in motorsport as well, that it's it's nice coming in as the top female quite often there because there's well, there's there's a few of us out there, there's more all the time. Certainly when I just started back in what, 2010 or eleven there, there was I'd say a lot of those rallies, I was probably one of the only females in the whole field. And you'd see it at driver's briefing, like it was just a lot of men. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's certainly changed over the years that obviously there's quite a lot of women out there now, especially there this past weekend. Yeah, and that's great to see as well. But yeah, we've uh, yeah, we've had quite a lot of class wins and that kind of thing along the way. But not this past weekend that Brian Lavelle took the win in Galway. But uh, still, we we tried. <laughs> It was very close and not happening for him in front of my very eyes, let me tell you. But, yeah, he got away with it. <laughs> yeah, he, so with it. Um, he did, yeah, yeah. You've touched upon the whole gender thing. And I think I feel we're now in a good place in terms of we're talking about competitors and gender doesn't really come into it that much anymore. Before it was like, you know, mm. you said you could be the only female there. We're all competitors at the end of the day. Isn't that what it's about like? Does it have to oh, come into it? Yeah. That's sort of way. And that's not yeah, to be yeah. in any way dismissive, but yeah, that's how yeah. we should look at it like i think anyway yeah yeah i think it's probably rallying and horse racing are two of the only sports where you'll kind of see women and men can compete quite evenly but mm -hmm. it's you know it isn't that we're on a women's team or a men's team they're they're not separate it's it's quite unique in sports that you can compete on quite a level playing field that way yeah and it's nice and, to see yeah and the platforms that are now in place for you know, people to get involved are are great for for both genders, and that's that's great to see. 
Absolutely, yeah. And another thing I see quite a bit of is a lot, probably it's become almost less common for people to put in-car up on YouTube. And that's something that even this past weekend, we'd have an awful lot of people and young girls as well coming up in service and that asking, oh, are you putting in-car up? Or they've watched in-car and that kind of thing. And that's something that John and I have always shared, even the, the bad moments or the mistakes or whatever, that that's, we wouldn't be secretive about it in that way, that we're quite happy to put it up there. And, you know, it's not perfect, but there'll always be mistakes or slides or spins or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a non-professional sport and it's meant to be fun at the end of the day. And it's nice to put that up there. And I think it kind of helps to let people that are not currently competitors to see what's going on inside the car too and just gives them a different perspective on it. A light bulb was just gone off in my head. Didn't you have a massive moment last year that went viral? Um, we sure did. <laughs> I and I haven't got this dug out for the program. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure, sure everyone that's tuning in has seen it anyway, but if not, um, it's probably on your page, is it? Well, sure is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's on uh, TikTok. It's, it was in a lot of places, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we did. Um, very shiny tar and too much speed. Late breaking over a crest in uh, Banna. And yeah, we we pretty much got away with it. We came down into a chicane down huge, big, long straight and down at the bottom of the hill was a, a chicane and John was slightly late on the braking. And I like to point out every time I did warn him a couple of times about it. And uh, yeah, he we got, we tipped the wall on the right hand side, which kind of with the quarter panel, which straightened the car up. And it could have been a really big mess, but we pretty much got away with it, bar a little bit of damage to the front left wheel that one of the bales of silage hit. If it had been a straw chicane or something, we'd have got away with it. But it was, as we said, they were McHale bales. So they were an awful lot more dense and solid than some of the competitor brands. And so we had quite a laugh about that, yeah, that they, if they had been another brand, possibly we'd have got away with it, but you're like not with the, the good Mikhail Bales. Here, Rutan, you're never off duty. Mikhail's been late with you, wait for I'm telling you, I have to get those, uh, drop it in right. there. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, um, so then after that, John, so we would work in New Zealand there. We do test work in the winter season or winter there, summer. So immediately after Banna, John was gone to New Zealand. So we have had, we're only back there two weeks. So we've had this massive panic to get the car ready for Galway. That it was literally the stickers about 11 o'clock on Thursday night. We started putting the stickers on the car and the paint was still wet. So pretty much John would do the vast majority of the work himself, bar a bit of the jigging work or the paint he wouldn't do, but the rest he does do. So mm. he's kind of, he's fully running and prepping the car himself. So yeah, there was engine and gearbox going in on, the Saturday, and then we were wrecking in Galway on the Sunday. And yeah, huge, huge last minute panic. It was kind of down to the wire if we'd make Galway at all. But once we had the recce done, we said we have to. Hasn't hasn't turned out too bad to you. Can I just ask then, seeing as you yeah. brought up, right? And I'm blaming you for this. Yeah. Is it easy or difficult to separate competition and what happens afterwards? Like do you get away with saying a little bit more because of that? Uh, do you say a little bit too much because of that? <laughs> as in, you mean the fact that we're married as well, like that? Yeah, well, I mean, if you, yeah, if you have if you're on the day, how, how basically, yeah. how good are you at separating that from taking it back home and maybe yeah, yeah. Like, like a bull after it, like, you know? <laughs> no, I think we're pretty good for that. I mean, it's, I think 
what's good about the relationship we have is that I know when John is pushing too far or when he's maybe losing a little bit of confidence behind the wheel. I can just kind of tell that when I need to repeat something or to egg him on a little bit. I can feel that when he's getting a little bit too sloppy. And I think if a navigator were to sit in with a stranger or someone they didn't quite have a, a good relationship with, that would be harder to detect. Yeah. But it's that there's little things like that that are very, very good. I think it helps. I think I know John said even after the weekend he'd find it really hard at this stage to have another navigator beside him because I we know each other so well and we know when it's not working or when it's not clicking. And sometimes it there have there are times where it just isn't it's just not clicking right or that you get the odd stage there that it's just not coming together or where probably where I get quite cross because he's getting a little bit too sloppy or it spins and that kind of thing. That kind of, that just drives me mad because, you know, you're taking these huge risks in straight or in other places and crests and that kind of thing and real high speed stuff. And then you gain your couple of seconds there and then you get down the road and you have an overshoot. And that, that drives me mad. I'd probably get quite cross at that. But uh, no, we can we leave it in the car. Then after that, we'll have a laugh about it later. We'll generally watch in car when we come home and get get a laugh at those moments. Hmm. That's great. I think it's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed uh, hearing the stories over uh, the past 10 or 15 minutes or so. I got a lot more in the bargain for here, to be honest. And I'm glad <laughs> we, we delved down this route as well. So uh, yeah. thanks much for, for coming on, especially at late notice. And we will have a chat with you again, Rutan. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a million. Rutan O'Connor there. Uh, we're going to move across to uh, Carl Egan. How's things, boss? Well, Kevin, all's good, yeah? Your annual appearance. Survived a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, you're still enjoying it, I'd say. You're in a pub, are you? No, I'm actually sitting in Carabao in Lockery. <laughs> ah, very good. I'm on the road all, I'm on the road all fucking evening, sorry. Excuse the language. Yeah. <laughs> your grand, your grand, we're partial yeah. to an odd F-bomb here at times. So, yeah. yeah, all good. Uh, your weekend, talk us through it. Yeah, it was quite... It's quite interesting, really. A bit, of, a bit of a learning weekend, too. A bit more power under the hood this time. But, uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah, it looks... It's usual goal. The condition's tricky. A wet Saturday. That's uh, uncharacteristic, really. Dry Sunday. But we made the most of it, yeah. We we definitely enjoyed it, yeah. Yep. Uh, Mr. Alcorn was on a, a serious enough pace, wasn't he? Oh, look. The, 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 I don't think there's... We weren't even, going, uh, weren't even going to come close to him. Even Kevin, like, on Saturday... The two guys were untouchable, like we're kind of the best of the rest ourselves. And I suppose we clawed a bit back on Sunday with a good race with Connor Murphy there. But look, hats off to Mark, he's like he was untouchable. Yeah, very good. Carl, from the outside in, I'm sure you'll enlighten us about some hairy moments, but you looked quite comfortable with the conditions despite how poor they were. You didn't look like you know you had too many odd moments here and there. Probably did now that you're that you're on here with me. And if you have, tell me, but. It seemed like you were kind of reveling in in the conditions over a couple of days. Oh, cards at the freezing on us, I think. Right. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him back in a moment's time. Oh, you still there, boss? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know if you quite uh, caught that question. I was just talking about uh, how it looked like you were kind of reveling in the in the conditions that didn't seem to have too much of an effect on you, like. Yeah, well, we we weren't going mad. No, in fairness, we weren't. We weren't at a hundred percent. We're still kind of learning 
we didn't really know what to expect um, with the car, how it was going to handle. Like you're carrying a lot more speed to what we're used to in over crests into two, threes and fours. Like there's a lot more left in there, but we kind of, we bedded ourselves in. We weren't going to take any chances. Galway is a finishers rally at the end of the day. And look, it is, we had one or two moments, not going to lie, but there were nothing, nothing that we wouldn't have in any other event, even on the dry. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, look, we kept our noses clean. We kind of took a stage by stage. We had no real expectations coming into the weekend either, but still we, we wanted to be there or thereabouts. And by the end of the weekend, kind of matching the guys at the front. And I think we achieved that. And we're happy enough with that, yeah. But we definitely enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah. We probably should mention, uh, just for anyone that, that isn't aware, that there's a 2.5-litre engine in the, in the car now. And that's the, that's the difference, hence why you were explaining the, you know, the, the different behaviour of the car, et cetera, et cetera. So um, sitting in it, how different does it feel? Uh, it's not, not a, a night and day difference, to be honest. I suppose the biggest difference is how quickly it chews up any of the distances. Anthem below 100, 120 doesn't really exist anymore. It just chews it up that quick. Uh, I suppose in the in the West, shiny conditions, it, the, the car can snap and tends to snap quite a bit. But I think it's just getting the confidence to trust, like, trust the, Jason. I'm sure he... he He's a capable guy and he's well able to, to handle those things. But yeah, look, there, there is a difference, right? The torque is the biggest the biggest factor. Like, but I suppose when you're on it, like, you, you don't think about it too much. You still have your job to do. You have to call notes. It is what it is. Hmm. I, I, I was expecting a bigger difference, to be honest, but. I think we just got on with it and we dealt with it quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, from your own point of view in general, looking at the event as a whole, how do you feel it went? You're always very honest. You're always very articulate. You're known for attention to detail, not just in terms of notes, no calling or note making, but maybe copying things in terms of regulations and stuff too. So uh, in general, um, how do you feel it went from what you saw or the limitations of what you saw, given the fact that you were competing in it? Uh, look, like no event is going to be perfect. Like there, there, I, I, I wasn't really too much involved in behind the scenes in the event. Being at my local event this year, kind of, I stepped away kind of last year. And uh, look, there, there was difficulties there. It was evident. Um, the competitors were hearing a lot of different mixed messages and stories going around. But look. The event ran. It was a, success, a successful event. Um, very, very few stages cancelled, especially for February. What's typically Galway, but look, there's things to learn from it. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see what next year brings. Really. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose until there's such a time as we can consolidate facts, there's no point in saying X, Y, or Z about about anything wow. because, I mean. Uh, Everything else is going up price-wise, but I went to the shop the other day and talk was still cheap. So, yeah. I mean, at least that hasn't changed. That's stayed consistent. Um, oh, look, yeah. look, it is what it is. Every, you know, that's the joys versus you. But uh, but overall, just to conclude, Carl, um, you're reasonably happy. If you were told that beforehand, you would have been happy enough. Yeah, look. Be second. Second, is, it was a big bonus for us. Like, if we, I suppose we, we really wanted to better ourselves in Saturday, see where we were. 
Sunday, then if we're there, thereabouts, we could be with Bush on. And it was nice to get on to like Connor Murphy, like a very talented young driver there. Some very, very good results. Uh, mixing in Banna for the win. Uh, Killarney Historics, he was up there at the, st- at the top. So to, to be on his pace and setting times equally and a bit quicker as well, we're, we're absolutely delighted. But hats off to Mark, really. There was no catching him, but I think we got him on one or two stages. But other than that, no, he was he was, he was gone in the taillights. So we'll see you in West Cork, will we? Yeah, that's next. That's the plan anyway. Well, have the help now with a J1000 driver in the in the Forestry Championship this year. So we'll stop you bring... then, yeah? Yeah, I'll be down in Clarny and I got a call yesterday about going to going to Midlands, I think. So it's all up in the air at the minute. You won't be you won't yeah. be idle. Uh we'll no, give Carl another shout out seeing as you're situated there as yeah. well. Uh, just one thing before we go there, I'd like just like to give a shout out to Pat and Jonathan Kelly there for winning the Brian Thornton Cup. Uh worthy, worthy, worthy winners. Um look Pat and John, two characters, I'm sure everyone's seen the, the video yeah. that's gone viral there at the minute, but look. Hats off them, worthy winners. Like, not just the stages of the weekend, Pat. He's not afraid to put on the bib, put the shoulder to the wheel to get events running. Like, and no, definitely worthy winners. Did he get the cup last night? You know, oh, uh, it was it was definitely left back to clear up any rumors. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, funnily enough, uh, contrary to popular belief, based on the clip, uh, I'm told that it's actually hard enough to get words out, but. Fucking made a count yesterday. I only need a few beers on him. He didn't ever shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, good guys. Good guys. Yeah. That's it. That's what it's all about. Carl, thanks many for jumping on with us. Sorry. Cheers, Kevin. Thanks for being here. Keep up the good work. Understood. Cheers, man. Carl Egan. Great to, great to be chatting to Carl once more here on the Irish Rally Podcast. Our last interview of the evening. Uh, it's of the Art Attack variety. I don't know if anyone is of that vintage, but the Art Attack program uh, years ago. It's uh, Here's one I prepared earlier. I had a chat with uh, Simon Reid, who was stepping into R5 machinery. My first question was, uh, would you see it as a step up or a step down? Because some of these modified men would say it's a step down. So here's how it went. All this kind of was in the happening with the assistance of Andrew Purcell. Am I right in saying that? And talk us through the process. Yes, that's right. Um, Andrew came to me, well, he didn't. He was on to me last year. He was asking me about different cars to kind of hire for Killarney Historics. And uh, we kind of kept arguing over and back, and I kept telling him to take my car, and eventually we did a deal, and he took my car for Clarny, and then he said to me, I could take the R5 car for a rally, so I didn't really kind of say no. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. How, how could you say you? And we'll give PM Autos a shout out there while we're at it, because they, they, they were good to oh, us yeah, there. They were, they were good yeah. to us there last year. So, uh, in terms of yeah. expectations versus reality, how did the weekend actually pan out for you? So, 13th overall, third in Class 24. Uh, Pretty pleased in general, or what was the feedback? Oh, very pleased, yeah. I was just, look, I, me, me plan at the start of the rally was just to go get as much experience as I could in one and drive every stage, and we did that. And then they were kind of saying, with the quality of the field, there, there was 40 or 5 cars, and if I could get in the top 20, I was happy. And if I could, could be on the, kind of on the pace of the, some of the modified lads, I'd be happy, or even again. Which we weren't far away by the end of the rally, so I was very pleased. Mm. A tale of two days, I would say. Typical Galway stuff, but um, I suppose uh, the wet was uh, was the downfall of Manny on the Saturday and subsequently a bit of ice on the Sunday. How did you fare out with, with those conditions? Uh, any any tricky moments? There didn't seem to be too many going across social media anyway. No, in 
in fairness, I don't think we had any moments all weekend. Um, it, it, it was just trying to get used to the car. I didn't have much of a test beforehand, so uh, probably did 20k on the Tuesday before the rally. And the first four stages were, I was learning a lot, like the braking and then our five cars is just, it's out of this world. And that's where I was losing a lot of time was on the braking. And when the rain did come on Saturday, I was starting to get into it a little bit, so it didn't make that much of a difference, the rain to us. And then we just kind of picked up our pace as the kind of weekend went on. So when you mentioned the braking then, is it your, your distance getting used to that? Uh, how heavy you are on the pedal or all of those things, Simon? It's the distance mainly. Like that, them cars will stop from the one board uh, as you can flat out on the limiter and safe like or like the Mark II, I know it's travelling faster, but it's a, it's a never do it, like, you know, and it's just to get it into your head. Like, I found at the chicanes, I was breaking, and then I was going again, and then breaking, and you're losing a lot of time at that, like, so. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the story now, the burning question? Are we going to stick at this crack? Are we going back into a Mark II? What, what's, the, what's the plans for the year? Is there a plan? Uh, there's no plan for the year, but we need to make up our mind on what we're doing with the cars, all right, because I have one or two people interested in the Mark II, so it's um, it's a decision I have to try and make by the end of this week, maybe, or sooner, I don't know. It's, it's been nothing, it's on my mind now, last, since Sunday evening. It's mm-hmm. been driving me mad, so. Mm-hmm. And, of course, hard one to call. Given, given how well last year went, that's uh, obviously adding... A lot of value to that particular car, so I can understand the headache you might be having, but sure, it's probably not the worst headache to have either at the same time, is it? No, it's not, no, but sure, when you have kind of all your friends around you, and half of them are saying one thing, and half of them are saying, oh, you shouldn't sell the escort, and then you have other people saying, oh, R5 is the way to go, but mm. it's, um, it's, a, it's a good complaint to have, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Simon, just on that topic, because I wouldn't be really au fait with this, but uh, given the fact that the value of standard row cars has you know, I suppose, I won't say gone through the roof, but increased substantially over the past couple of years. Is it too obvious to state that it's the same for rally cars? Is it any more of an advantage to sell now, buy now, etc., etc.? Uh, well, not really. In this country, I think the logbook issue is affecting the Mark II is a small bit. But um, well, that's my opinion on it. Um, the volume is still, is still up there, like, but people aren't really buying at the minute. And the R5 car thing with the shortage of new cars, it's it's opened the price of the second hand ones. So they're kind of they're both kind of level there at the minute. Kind of the R5 car I was driving anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So catch twenty two kind of kind of situation. So just to, to wrap it up because I know we're we're tight on time. West Cork is in a few weeks. We'll ask the hard question here. I know it's a very hard question to ask because you haven't got your mind made up on the machinery. But irrespective of the machinery, do you think we'll see Simon Reid below West Cork? No, 100% not. I'm getting married in a couple of months and I'm COC for Draven Rock, so I'd say I'm going to be busy for the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't want to be divorced within weeks to get married either, I suppose. So. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, come here. Okay, now just get the car started, it'll be the first thing, and then we'll think about rallying maybe after the wedding and all that. Yeah, sure. you'll have you'll have the price for a wedding trap after you sell that joke. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, Simon, I won't hold you up and you're busy. Thanks a million for, for joining us here and uh, the very best luck for the year ahead. All right. Thank you. No, no problem, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. There we go. Simon Reid, uh, we're coming towards the latter stages of this evening's programme. Just a couple of bits and bobs to let you know about before we finish up. So obviously, Clarny Horsey Rally coming up uh, less than two weeks away now at this particular juncture. So entries are open. You can uh, get them in there and uh, promises to be 
a great event indeed. Uh, Sweden this weekend. Uh, we have a, a program next week. We're going to have a bit of a, a mishmash of of everything uh, coming out. Uh, it won't be done live. Our tarmac reviews will be retained, and then we'll put out, um, I suppose, podcasts that are maybe a little bit less in length than, than this one. Around the forty minute mark is like we is, is where we want to keep it. Uh, so we'll have an edited podcast out next week. Loads of individual based interviews coming your direction as well. So yep, we're uh, we're open the game this year. And also in the coming weeks, uh, Tony Kelly's first feature interview, uh, the series called The Whole Person Life Beyond the Stages. That's coming very, very soon indeed. And all I can say is, wow, uh, simple as that. You're going to be in for a real treat there, 100%. Um, a couple of more comments to get to just before we uh, finish up. Uh, Patrick O'Brien is in touch. Good job, sir. Thanks a million, Patrick. Patrick had a fantastic event. Uh, grew as... The event went on at uh, our fastest time being a standout coming down at uh, latter end of uh, day two. And just coming back to let you know a few other little bits and bobs. As I said, yeah, Tony Kelly's feature coming up uh, program next week. Loads of bonus interviews, a uh, chat with Larkin Moore coming direction as well. And um, a shout out from uh, the sponsorship point of view. So Tech and Tools are with us for the next couple of months. SUS Productions, uh, likewise. Uh, we do have other advertising space available as well so we're looking for a title sponsor uh, it is affordable uh, we have a couple of more associate sponsor um slots there as well now just to let you know what that is actually for so we are retaining these live um reviews whatever you want to call them uh, we are looking to get out a little bit more so we get the budget together we get people out as part of our team to more events to actually cover more and keep this whole thing growing because we've made serious progress um i'm delighted to be involved the Website is coming in the next week or two as well. And uh, it's all going to be under one pod, just to give a little bit of an insight into what may be happening there. So if you want to come on board, it is very, very affordable. We go above and beyond. Uh, title sponsor, uh, literally rebrand. So it would be the insert title here, Irish Rally Podcast. And uh, lots of mentions to uh, go along with that. Big logo up on the screen. Uh, our associate slots are available there as well and a spot on the website so that's uh, why we're looking for that particular budget to, to drive the whole thing on uh, in the meantime if you want to support our efforts you can do so for the price of a coffee buymeacoffee.com forward slash irish rally pod and we thank SES productions and taken tools for coming on taken tools your dedicated tools provider focus on diagnostic test equipment and specialized tools you can visit techintools.ie for more information that's where we leave it on the program this evening hope you've enjoyed it we'll get this on spotify and apple uh, as soon as possible and chat to you again very very soon indeed so until then take care